Welcome to the Week Ahead podcast. I'm market analyst Stephen Dagley, and I'm joined by my colleague, friend, and chief economist Craig James. And we're here to preview the upcoming week starting Monday, the 24th of April. Craig. I got the trifecta. Thank you very much for that. Very, very, very kind. The big three. Well, look, we're heading into the uh, the end of the month, essentially. Um, it's been a decent month as well for, for markets. Uh, it happens to be another holiday shortened week because we haven't had uh, too many of these uh, this month, of course. And we've got the Aussie and Kiwi markets shut on Tuesday to observe Anzac Day. April has been, at the moment at least, the second best month of the year. We're up almost 3%. And a remarkable stat, we've only fallen three times this whole month. All right. I did, well, I didn't know that myself. So, so I'm learning something from me. <laughs> so 14 of the past 17 sessions, our market has, has improved and we're sitting at the best levels in a couple of months. And um, historically, April has seemed to be one of the better months of the year. Um, about three quarters of, uh, of the time over the past three decades has seen our share market improve. But uh, that's enough of that. Um, next week, in the upcoming week, Aussie inflation is probably going to be right at the top of the list for economists, for analysts, and, and probably should be for investors as well. Certainly will be. Um, what we're looking at is in the March quarter, 1.3% growth for the consumer price index, the headline level. And uh, that would actually take the annual rate of inflation down from 7.8% to 7%. Now, that, that's not a bad move in the, in the space of one month, but you know, so there's a lot more work that's required and we need to get that 7% down to 2%. Actually, more more the, the case of 2.5%, you know, so the midpoint of that 2 to 3% target band. And, uh, and that's the important point for investors. If we do get a reading of 7%, or perhaps it's a little bit more than that in terms of the annual rate of inflation, uh, the expectation from the, the Commonwealth Bank Group economists is that um, we think that um, the Reserve Bank will lift interest rates one more time. Now, this this should be the last uh, last time, uh, but inflation is still stubbornly high, particularly in the services area, not so much in terms of goods. Um, well, one of the things that we're likely to see is uh, clothing prices down 2.6% in in the, in the March quarter, so we'll see some of those good prices you know, coming down. Um, but um, it's the the services area which is the the area of concern, and uh, that's being supported by uh, demand for for labour. You know, so higher higher wages, and uh, and that's feeding through to to higher prices. And as far as what markets are currently pricing in for for a rate hike in May, around a twenty percent chance of a hike in May, roughly an eighty percent chance. Uh, of rates being kept on hold. CBA seems to think it might be a a line board call, something much closer than that. But really, it's going to come down to what we see in these inflation stats. And on Wednesday, we've got both the the monthly and also the the quarterly uh, stats that, uh, that will be released. Yeah, it's a strange sort of timing. You know, sort of, I suppose if we you know, had one of these indicators out on a different day, you know, sort of would seemingly have you know, ability to be able to focus on on one measure, you know, sort of at a time. But um, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see you know, what the inflation figures are likely to show uh, on Wednesday. Uh, that's going to be make or break in terms of interest rates. But yeah, the, the, I suppose the important point is we are getting close to the end. 
of the interest rate cycle. And I think the same expectation in the United States, we're effectively done enough. And the interesting point is, you know, so on the, on the current um, um, readings, uh, Australia, uh, unlikely to go into a recession. The United States even may not go into a recession. And um, I think that's one of the factors that's providing some reassurance to investors at the, at the moment, a little bit more certainty in terms of the, the direction for um, inflation. For, for the economy and therefore for the share market. And there are two numbers that, are, that seem to receive most attention, the headline reading, and then you've got the, the trim mean or underlying uh, number. Um, perhaps you could explain the, the difference between the two, uh, why they're important when it comes to, to rate hikes and which one the Reserve Bank will pay closest attention to. Well, effectively, the trim mean you know, sort of cuts off a couple of elements, yes, you know, at the top and uh, the bottom, you know, sort of the ones which are outliers, and uh, it tries to get you know, sort of measure of underlying inflation. Uh, the headline rate of inflation, well, you know, so that's just basically everything in there, you know, so the foods in there, the clothing's in there, and and we see that change, you know, sort of over over time. Uh, headline is important because um, if it remains high, we, what we could see is the underlying rate, you know, sort of just sticking close to, to that headline rate. But the headline rate coming down is very, very important in terms of inflationary expectations. So if it's not 7%, say it's 6.5%, uh, that would su- suggest to um, investors that we've got inflation coming down, you know, sort of very, very quickly, uh, rather than the inflation being locked at, you know, these higher levels, you know, so it's getting back down to the, to the target band. So, uh, and that would lead the underlying rate to come down in future quarters as well. Yes, it's going to be a pretty busy day on, on Wednesday. Not only do you have the those two measures to, to look at, and of course, as you said, the monthly and the quarterly as well. So plenty to, to digest there. Um, more to watch overseas though, isn't there, on the economic front? Because once the inflation's out of the way, there's not a huge amount here in Australia, but in the US, there's, there is plenty to, to sink our teeth into. Well, it's the usual Melbourne Cup uh, field of uh, <laughs> indicators that we've got in the United States. You know, it's everything from consumer confidence uh, to gauges on, on the housing market and also economic growth. Now, on Thursday, we do get the economic growth figures and the expectation at this stage is an annualised gain of 2.9%. So that hardly suggests or hardly screams out a recession when you've got you know, sort of 2%, 2.9% growth. The, 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 one of the other things, or the two other things which you know, so probably need to highlight is the, the personal income and spending figures that are coming out on, on Friday. What's uh, the focus there is not the, the income and spending, but it's the measure of uh, consumer prices, which is in their measure of inflation. And that's what the Federal Reserve tends to look at. So, so we have to see if there's further confirmation that inflation's going south rather than north in, in the United States. And, uh, and also a measure of uh, wages, effectively, you know, sort of labour costs, the employment cost index, uh, that's coming out on Friday as well. So these are all at the tail end of the week. So we have to get through the, the first part of the week where there's you know, so not too much rats and mice in terms of economic indicators. And then we get to, to the biggies, economic growth on Thursday, personal income on Friday, and the employment cost index. And as far as how share markets and investors might respond to these inflation um, figures that we get um, globally, obviously the, the weaker, the lower these numbers are, that's when you might see markets starting to, to feel a little more sure that the central banks might be, as you say, close to being done or perhaps done with, with rate hikes. And that could certainly be something that, that adds uh, an additional catalyst to, to our markets. We're, we're only a little over 3% away from mm, a record high true. here in Australia. Mm. And that can always act as a bit of a ceiling and might need something positive to, to get us to those type of levels. 
Yeah, need something to to push it over the the wall, and um, yeah. So I I think it is those those measures in the United States. Yes, the United States has got to lead the the, the world in terms of getting inflation down, and the rest of the world basically yes will will follow, and um, uh, we are seeing the evidence of that. We just need yes the confirmation. So I, think, I suppose it's the speed which inflation comes down. The longer that inflation lingers around at five, six, or seven, guess what? Inflation becomes five, six, or seven. So we we want to get that you know, sort of rate of inflation down quickly, and that's why the the expectation in the United States, at least, is that there's going to be at least one more interest rate yes you know, hike. It's an interesting sort of situation where we might get something in the order of five, five and a quarter percent for the federal funds rate in the United States, but only 3.85%, say, is the top for for us here in Australia. And a lot of um, stockers put on the fact that a lot of our housing loans, home loans, are uh, variable home loans, which uh, if you're lifting interest rates, you get that impact you know, sort of fairly quickly. If you've got you know, sort of f- fixed rates like they have in New Zealand, the United States and some of the other co- countries, uh, it takes a longer period of time to be able to have that impact you know, sort of coming through. So that's why our interest rates don't need to rise to the same level as in the United States to have you know, an impact in terms of our inflation. And then we've got almost 900,000 uh, households having their, their fixed rate mortgages rolling over and expiring yes. as well, which is going to be another uh, another challenge. US profit results, that's going to be another thing to, to watch in the, the upcoming week. This earnings season uh, started on the week ago, basically, with uh, the big US banks posting results. But over the next two to three weeks, we'll have most stocks on the S&P 500 out with their, their earnings. What have you made of the the season so far, and what are some of the companies at with their numbers? Well, I think we called our profit reporting <laughs> season uninspiring, mm. you know, sort of something rather like that. But um, and I think you know, so to to extent, um, it's a little bit like that in terms of the United States. Uh, they lowballed the 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 forecasts, and of course they're coming in and they're beating those forecasts, which is you know, so hardly surprising when you started off with a, a low estimate, but. Um, uh, no major surprises. You know, so nothing coming out of the, the woodwork to, to really shock investors in a big way. And a lot of the um, um, finishes that we've seen on, on Wall Street over the, the last week or so have been fairly, you know, so damp squib, you know, sort of hardly you know, sort of move so uh, it's 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 as good as that you'd hope for you know so in the current environment but again it doesn't scream out when you look at you know so the figure works it doesn't scream out recession it doesn't scream out that we're headed for you know sort of nasty times ahead yeah, and expectations were very were quite low anyway heading into the season i mean most analysts or at least broadly speaking as far as how markets were were predicting this to unfold we're roughly expecting profits to drop between five and seven percent over yes. the, the season, and and you're right. There's been a mix, hasn't there? There've been some uh, companies that are beating expectations, some that are falling short, some that are that are right in line. But in the coming week, uh, it's a bit more diverse, isn't it? There's going to be um, a number of of companies out with their results across a more diverse range of of sectors, sectors. and uh, um, a longer list of companies as well. Yes, we've got the likes of Coca-Cola, General Electric, General Motors, McDonald's, you know, in there. Uh, some of the tech companies, Alphabet, you know, is going to be reporting mm-hmm. and Microsoft you know, reporting as, as well. So, yeah, as you say, say, it does cover, you know, sort of more of the sectors. So we get more of an understanding across 
the industries in the United States, just what's happening. Uh, we do know that you know, sort of a number of uh, companies, including some of the banks, have been cutting staff because of the, the higher costs. Um, and that's a you know, sort of refle- required approach uh, to the inflationary pressures, you know, so if we we have to cut, you know, so the expenses down to be able to make sure that we're continuing to make money. But I suppose investors, what they're doing is they're looking through this season to some extent and saying, if we get through this season where we've got annualised declines of you know, so five, six, or seven percent, looking ahead, we're going to start to see you know, sort of profit growth come in rather than you know, sort of profit profit falls. And um, uh, I think that's why we are seeing you know, sort of degree of uh, settlement you know, sort of coming through for, for investors, uh, flattening out in terms of the U.S. markets, but um, some fairly healthy gains in terms of our market. Yeah, I think you raise a, a good point there. It does seem like in, in a way that while the earnings season is important in the U.S., investors are looking past this and in a way it really comes down to inflation and it comes down to what central banks do around the world. What um, Once inflation starts to drop back and central banks uh, might be done with interest rates, then that's when investors might feel a bit better about things that um, we've got some... Um, uh, you know, better growth in earnings ahead, perhaps. But Meta is another one actually that will be out with its results mm-hmm. in that um, in that tech space, and that's a company that has let go quite of uh, tens of thousands of uh, of people. They've continued to cut costs, so uh, it will be out on uh, on Wednesday. Amazon uh, you mentioned is on Thursday, and then you've got on Tuesday Microsoft. When of course um, our share market will be closed for uh, for the holiday. We've also got quarterly updates here in Australia as well. So we obviously Aussie companies don't tend to release their their results um, on a quarterly basis. It tends to be half on a half yearly basis, but we still get quarterlies from mostly uh, resource stocks. So on Monday, Fortescue and South Thirty Two. On Wednesday, it's uh, Mineral Resources, and on Thursday, a long list of companies, um, gold miners like Newcrest and Northern Star. And you've got lithium producers like uh, Pilbara, um, one of the others, to to release results. Anything else that you think? Um, is important in the upcoming week, um, Craig? One of the things that we've been looking at is the, the dispersion of returns across in industry sectors. And um, uh, when you've got less dispersion you know, so in terms of uh, the, the returns on, on, on shares, what you have is you know, sort of greater confidence, a greater stability you know, so amongst, amongst investors. And that's what we're seeing at the moment you know, sort of in terms of the April you know, so returns that we have come through so far compared with March. In fact, you know, so all the industry sectors are up in, in April compared with March, so that's positive. Um, and um, the, the sort of growth that we're seeing, you know, sort of between the highs, the, the, the outperforming sectors of the, the share market and the underperforming sectors, we're only seeing something like a, a three percentage point, you know, sort of uh, difference. Now, if you track back over time, in the order of twenty odd, twenty three odd years back to to the start, you know, sort of, of the series for the industries, uh, you haven't seen anything as low as that. So what we're seeing is a degree of confidence by Aussie investors about the situation, about looking forward. They're not favouring one particular sector and driving that up to the significant expense of others, seeing that there's potential for gains right the way across the industries. And there's something to watch, something that we watch in, in terms of volatility as well and, uh, and the usual economic you know, sort of information and the, the government you know, sort of policy you know, sort of adjustments. It's one of those things that you should just keep on the radar screen you know, sort of, and, and see whether that is actually providing you with a little bit more information and a little bit more confidence about you know, sort of the outlook for the share market mm, because uh, generally when there's one or two sectors that are heading in one direction that can carry the market um, right and then you can often forget that 
the ASX 200 is made up of a number of different sectors, which which can all have an influence. So if we add the financials and the resource stocks together, that's like 60% of uh, of the the share market right there. So basically, we've got uh, most sectors improving, uh, all sectors over yeah. the the mm. past month, and the gap between best and worst are, are, are quite uh, narrow. It's an interesting interesting stat. So Craig, I think that's it, and um, we'll do this again next week. Why not? We'll give it another try. Yes, we can only <laughs> attempt to do it better than what we did the, the time before. We'll see you all soon.